A little bit of sass, a bucket full of soul, a sprinkling of magic, that's what makes me whole. A playful, earthy priestess, you will very often find me barefoot in a grassy field or underneath an oak tree. Truth in sacred spaces, that's how I believe we heal. A mystic and a mother, I'm a woman who is real. Welcome to Mindfully Thrive with me, your host, Ella Humphreys. This is the podcast that celebrates the present, the joys where we are, the journey it's taken to get here and the ability to see our greatness for the future. We celebrate female founders, adventure seekers and creative entrepreneurs who are building their dreams alongside raising babies and any other life commitments that can so easily distract us from the path we truly desire. This is the podcast about coming back to who we are in this life and that our dreams, goals and ambitions are valid and possible while also being a loving and present parent. The opening poem was written by my beautiful guest today, Lauren Barber. Lauren is a unique soul, a multifaceted, deep seeker, an ever-evolving being. Her work, however it may look at any moment in time, is always about the journey home, becoming who she truly is, and helping others to take their own journey. Her current gifts she is giving to the world combine her experience in PR and marketing with the sacred and magical of her soul's work. This combination intertwines business and purpose with a sacred space for each client's personal journey. Through her workshops and online presence, she's building a beautiful virtual space full of pure energy and light, always with the sacred at the very heart of the work. Lauren's energy filters out through her online presence and fills your space with good vibes and gentle comfort. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Lauren to Mindfully Thrive. Hi Lauren, welcome to Mindfully Thrive. Hello, so lovely to be here. I always start with three questions for my guests. So what are you grateful for today? Oh, I love this. Um, Today I am grateful that my husband took my 18-month-old daughter out of the house um, to do the food shopping um, and I got to spend time tinkering on my website and creating a meditation for a workshop I'm doing later and just lighting a candle and taking some sacred space for my creations. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And what does thrive mean for you? Mm, Thrive. Oh, there's so many, so many things. I think at a very simplistic level, it means to feel alive and excited and have that kind of buzz of energy and to feel like there is enough energy to do all the things that make me feel alive. So yeah, I think aliveness and thrive comes together. Definitely. And what does an ideal morning look like in your world? Oh, now you're teasing me. (laughs) Ideal. Ideal morning. Um, 
Well, actually, I think like I have managed to like a Sunday morning uh, has become really sacred as a family morning. Um, and that is like we have a bit more of a lazy morning and we let Sophia watch something on telly while we kind of have our like hot drinks in, in bed and then we make pancakes together as a family. I mean, it sounds really lovely but there's always a tantrum or something there's something that's like we're on a bit of a deadline because if she gets hungry then you know all hell blokes breaks loose um but actually that is I really love that um but I guess if I was on my own um it would be probably getting straight out at sunrise going for a walk maybe taking my camera um, coming home, drinking some sacred cacao, um, pulling some cards, journaling, maybe doing some movement, um, and then probably actually doing some work, <laughs> like actually some of the, the work that lights me up, that'd probably be my ideal morning from a non-mum perspective. <laughs> so weekdays quite different to the weekend. Yes, yeah. weekdays definitely are. <laughs> And you've sort of touched on some of the things. I have given a brief introduction to you. And could you sort of share what it is you're doing at the moment and what brings your soul joy and what that looks like for you currently? (laughs) Currently, yes, because it is an ever-evolving process. Um, I, right now, I am creating like many different things like I am a multi-passionate person and I have become more accepting of that um, still work in progress but I'm not one of these people that can just do one thing and stick to that so things that are making my soul feel joyful at the moment are um, running a couple of my online spaces with people creating meditating like guiding them into practices um, I love creating content. I love writing. Um, I'm training to do my cacao facilitation at the moment. I'm also going like headfirst into human design learning. So I am, I'm just exploring so many things and I'm giving myself permission to do that. Um, I'm also working with um, an amazing woman to deepen my womb mentoring side of things as well. So there are many things that light my soul up, but actually what I've learned is the most important thing for me is to let myself follow those things that light me up uh, rather than try and stay on a path that I've started to feel a bit heavy around. Mm. I love hearing this because it's one of my internal dialogues, struggles, this idea that I've created sort of not a niche, but an area of myself and my sort of flow where I want to go partly it's not everything and then when I investigate like how to build a business what you should be doing on social media and it's always within a very small um, framework that just doesn't feel right for me so I keep sort of pulling back and feeling a little bit stuck because part of me wants to be expansive and try different areas. And then there's the other part of me that thinks that that's not professional or that's not how you build a community. So I'm so grateful to hear that it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to so keep okay. <laughs> We shouldn't have to give ourselves permission to do that. But in kind of the way the world works is very linear and people mm. like to know you know, if people ask you what you do, for example, I 
it literally makes my skin crawl when people ask me that question because I can't succinctly express because I change every day Mm. and I don't have like one label that I fit into. And I tried for so long to fit into the title of coach, yoga teacher, meditation teacher. Um, You know, you try and write your Instagram bio to explain what you're, you know. Change it every week. (laughs) And yeah, constantly changing and then feel this almost like, level of shame that yeah. like, what, what are people going to think if I change my mind again I'm, I feel like I'm constantly every at least six months writing to my newsletter list and saying oh things are pivoting around here and I'm like god they're going to be so like what I hear this now I hear this so deeply it's wonderful and during my research I would um you said that at the age of 32 you began this sort of the biggest pivotal moment let's say in your growth I suppose your personal growth and into the world of mysticism and so what was life a little bit like before that would you share how that sort of came into play yeah absolutely um so really I guess my I started feeling very much out of alignment in my late 20s probably around like 27 Saturn return kind of age um and like it it took me quite a long time to figure it out because I'd had a very clear pass up until then. I had a business, I was in a certain industry um, and I kind of, I just, I made stuff happen and it was really organic and easy, but I just felt like stuff wasn't like, wasn't right. So I, I'd had some health issues, not major, but just, you know, I was suffering from anxiety. Just everything felt quite numb and quite lost and I wasn't sure what I was doing and I just had to let myself explore some different things so around kind of end of my 20s I started to dive more into nutrition and exercise and um, shedding certain things in my life that were not not feeling good anymore Um, and just yeah exploring and it was quite a, a it was a tricky time um, it was very challenging to be in that space because I'd always always had this very clear idea of where I was going and I s- suddenly had not, no idea. I just knew that what I was doing wasn't right. Mm. Um, so I really have just been on this like real exploration. And to be perfectly honest, 32 was when I shifted my old business and I um, sold my marketing and PR agency and moved into diving straight into what I thought I was going into being a health coach, you know, simple. I was like, this Mm. is my path. I know what to do. And then I, I did made that leap and suddenly it wasn't as straightforward as, Oh, this is my next career Mm. because I was like, "Mm, something doesn't feel quite right. Still. I need to go down all these other rabbit holes. Um, Would you say that, that, sorry, sorry, would you say that, that um, health coaching sort of direction was, the hook that you needed to allow yourself to let go of the previous business because it almost like how does it actually feel at the age of 32 to change your total career path it feels chaotic (laughs) a bit scary um but it also I knew I knew I had to do it I knew I had to take the leap and I am quite a big leaper like I don't necessarily I didn't feel that it was this big bold brave terrifying move really because I was like I have to do this it just felt like I had to do it Mm. um however on reflection 
what it did do it had quite an impact on my family um particularly on my relationship it put quite a lot of strain on that because I was suddenly going back to you know like I I didn't have a very I didn't plan it Mm. to the T with in terms of finances and there was a lot Mm. of uncertainty around it and then I went into this space of feeling really lost I felt felt like oh maybe I've made a mistake or um what am I supposed to be doing? This constant question, like, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and investing in different things. And then that not kind of being quite right and just feeling, yeah, it, it felt very chaotic, to be perfectly honest. Still and how does. Long, yeah. <laughs> how long do you, I was about to ask, how long do you think that that process um, has taken for you to feel really the Lauren that you are today, even though you've just sort of said, you know, but you have accepted that that is part of the course in a way. Yeah. Chaos is, I think I'm just, I I am accepting. I wouldn't say I fully accepted, but I am in the process of accepting that this is, I'm always going to be evolving. I'm never going to be one of these people that just does one thing and sticks to it. There is always a theme like everything I've done has always been about journeying home and like becoming who you are, not, not becoming someone else, becoming who you really truly are. So everything has got that anchor to it. Mm. And I guess that's my North star. Mm. Um, but the, the practices and the tools and the techniques and the ways to do that have shifted and evolved. Um, I still go back to some of the health coaching things I've learned if it's the right thing for someone. Mm. Um, so everything has been for a reason but in the process it's felt very messy and very uncertain at times and even now um I mean the pivotal time for me to really to I which I felt I really started to own this part of me and really started to step into the power of what it is to be ever evolving was really when I had my daughter so only 18 months ago Mm -hmm. um and and i think i think she gave me a big amount of focus probably partly because i had a very restricted amount of time to do things and i was very very much i want to spend that time doing something that really lights me up um but also i think it's just given me a confidence that i didn't have before mm. not to say that it has to come from having a, a child at all no. but that for me that was it was a big big um part of my me stepping into the version I am right now in this moment. Yeah. And I was really keen to ask about your time when you were working with horses, which was in your adolescence. Is that right? Yeah. I worked with horses. um, Yeah. Well, straight out of school, basically. Yeah. Do you feel like there was a connection spiritually in yourself at that time? that maybe you lost in your 20s or did you did you only really come into a more sacred spiritual sort of the side of you that you're working with now now was it ever there previously yeah i think it was um so i stayed working and having horses until i quit my old business basically because so that old business was all around equestrian okay. um, and lifestyle and country um, and I had a horse until, oh, I think I was 31 or 30 when oh, I sold right. my horse. Um, and I competed and I trained and I, and I did. So I had that connection. And I think what that gave me is it gave me a real insight into energetics and intuition and, um, and being 
in space with another being and and also responsibility and mm. um the highs and lows i mean horses are so grounding because there is no certainty and there's always an injury or there's you know you're you're working with another soul mm. um and I think what happened actually with that journey, and I, I know that horses will be back in my life at some point. Um, but I think what happened is I actually made, I almost, it became such a linear process because ev- my work, everything, it was all around the horses and I lost that spark of yeah. magic with them. Yeah. So I, I needed, I just needed to break free of that to figure out who I was without them because they yeah. literally were my life. I asked because my both my daughters are horse riding at the moment and I just think it is like you said the responsibility they don't own horses but the going there and the preparing the horse just to ride the horse for a short while and to I think that builds a lot in of character and also the connection especially for my younger child who possibly finds it harder to express herself and it's very she's very physical she does express herself, but it comes through physically rather than through words. And the energy and the connection to animals is very big for her. So mm. I was just curious to, to find out, especially in adolescence, when we're sort of trying to discover who we are and we're meant to make all these decisions and academically we're meant to be behaving in a certain way and making the right choices for the rest of our lives. And you, like myself, at the age of 30, 40 is when we really start <laughs> discovering who we are and just just hearing a little bit about that early those early days of coming into your 20s and like you said teenage teenage years and having horses was for me amazing having having a horse having a, a pony I think at the time um because I I would get up at six o'clock go like walk in the dark to go and muck out in a muddy stable in whatever weather because I had to and mm. and I was fine with that and then I'd get on the school bus go to school and then I'd get off the bus at the stables and finish you know put put them to bed and feed and you know and exercise and it, it was it was hugely important to me and I mean I'd love to say that it completely distracted me from you know boys and getting up to mischief it didn't but it um it certainly gave me a really beautiful focus um and such insight into yeah as I said like working with energy and they are so sensitive beings I mean depending you know some horses are less sensitive just Mm -hmm. like people Mm -hmm. or less sensitive than others um and they are so you know when you're working in that way like you show up and they feel your energy like you don't they don't you know don't need to tell them how you're feeling um and they are like you have to be so aware of that and mm. I think that's it's really helped me in terms of I guess connecting to people as well and to connect connecting to energy and and feeling that within others mm. So before we move on, there's a part in my show where I call the inspirational pause. And basically that's how you get your downtime. So are you reading something at the moment or could you recommend a book that you have just loved? I'm one of these people that has a lot of books that I I don't... I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) What? uh, Well, there are books that I return to from a kind of practical level all the time. Um, which is, you know, one of them is Wild Power by Red School, which is all around menstruation and connecting to our 
cycles. And for me, that that book is one I recommend every menstruating woman and non-menstruating woman to get because it really it is like it is a, a very powerful part of um, it's been a powerful part of my healing journey. Um, but there is one, and again, it's similar lines. But there's a beautiful book called The Red Tent. Um, by Anita and I cannot remember her surname but it's it's a it's a, a, a story but it's all around womanhood and rites of passage and the red tent and it is it's a it's not necessarily it's a fable I guess I think mm-hmm. it's I think it says the greatest love story never told and that book for me is just be- it's beautiful it's it's deep it's emotional but it is it really it speaks to that part of me that remembers like ancestrally wonderful i'll check those out and something that you would recommend to watch or that you're watching whether that be trash you know (laughs) anything that you find a way of switching off or okay so my my i don't know if you call it a guilty pleasure or not but heartland um, oh. on Netflix is uh, based in um, in Canada and it's basically a cowgirl like ranch story and it's probably speaks to that little girl inside me who would just so love to live on a ranch and gallop across the plains <laughs> and um, and there's you know like it's always it's, it's quite cheesy it's very there's always like a drama but it's always fine at the end and there's like love stories in it and yeah it's just perfect so it there's about eight or nine seasons and they're still making oh wow and i haven't started yeah and it's but you can you know i binged it a lot and it's that it's what i come to when i feel like i need to be filled back up and i can't Mm. really deal with the rest of the world Mm. excellent and um what do you listen to what kind of things do you have going on in your ears? Do you have podcasts or music? Oh, it so depends on my where I'm at and what I'm kind of craving at the time. I listen to, I do listen to a lot of music. So I have a, I love making playlists on Spotify. So I'm always, that's really important to me. But depending on where I'm at and whether I'm in a, I guess what I'd almost call like a learning phase or a, uh, a different phase at the moment I'm in quite a, I feel like I'm in a bit of a learning phase a learning cycle and so I'm binging on well as I said earlier human design podcasts and, and could you recommend one um trying to think which what it's called um there's one um and I literally have only just started to um to listen to it but it is called tell you what it's called um the day lunar human design podcast um and that that's just that's literally just where i've started okay Uh, great it's quite it's all like soul work and weaves in the magic and the mystery mystery but also with the sciencey side which Mm. i love Mm. um but there's also one of my favorite playlists on Spotify is the Darling Radio. I try to find that because you were playing that in, in the workshop that I've just done that we'll come on to later. And I couldn't find it. If I look under your name, will I find it? I don't know. Were, I think maybe it's not Darling and maybe that's just one of the songs. Well, that I'm if you up. could share it with me and I'll put it in the show notes, yeah. that'd be fantastic. It could be the beautiful chorus. 
Oh, I listen to them also. Oh, and they have different things, do they? On the yeah, on the... because like I love beautiful cho- chorus. Yeah, me like, too. Music speaks to me so mm. deeply. Mm. Um, but they maybe maybe I've actually made up this darling radio, and it's just because one of their songs is called Darling. Yeah, I play that to my the first one on the playlist. <laughs> so it could be that. <laughs> okay, that's all right. We'll put we'll we'll figure it out, and they'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Could you give us a follow? Who do you look forward to finding posts? Anyone that stands out for you? Oh, I can't think. I've got so many inspiring women around me. Mm. Um, there's so many. Yeah. I, could, I don't think I could name just one. Okay. Um, I do love Charles McElsey. McElsey? McElsey. The artist. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the boy. boy the horse. And the mole. And, yeah, and the mole, yes. And not, like whenever I see a post come from him yeah I mean I've been following him for years and years and years and um I just love the simplicity and the message always speaks right to my heart Mm, perfect and could you recommend an app or a gadget or props but maybe on this occasion we could talk about your oracle cards well yes something that you're using (laughs) Um, one app I wouldn't be without is Instagrammer yeah me too Um, I love Insight Timer. And mm-hmm. I do actually have some meditations on there. Um, okay. If anyone feels called cool to listen to. Um, but I love Insight Timer. It's just fantastic for finding inspirational, mm. um, soothing words. Um, I listen to a lot of Sarah Blondin. That's who page. I love. I mean, that's the person that really got me hooked on Insight Timer and then I explored mm. it more. But her, her words are just magic. Oh, yeah, they really yeah. are. Yeah. And I actually um, did my yoga nidra training based on a nidra I found on Insight Timer. Um, okay. I went to Canada and did it. <laughs> so, wow. This was a while ago before you, <laughs> before you were before locked I, inside. Was, um, yeah. This was actually just before I conceived Sophia. So it was kind of like my last trip, I guess. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect timing. Um, but yes, Oracle cards are without doubt probably my favorite divination tool um tool to connect me to myself to to help guide me there's just so many different ways Mm. to use them my mum was a big card reader I have my this is the set that I have the inner child cards oh I haven't seen those they're by Lenair and Lenair I don't have the box because they're quite old they were my mum's from many years ago they're beautiful they're all the um fairy tales oh lovely yeah really really special and because they're my mum's you know and then I also have angel cards and yeah none of them bought by me but left to me oh that's so amazing what a beautiful gift I know my mum gifted me me my discovery you know yoga meditation all of this journey that I'm now on that I was really resistant to when I was young because it was my mum's thing (laughs) she was a yoga teacher and and now you know I'm surrounded by all her things I have her pendulum and oh wow all of it yeah I'm very lucky my daughter will be like that with me like resist everything I I think it's just, well, my (laughs) girls now are asking, how do you meditate? How do you practice? You know, I'm just doing it myself. And so I'm not sort of putting it on them, even though teachers and people ask, do your girls? And I I have to say no, (laughs) because I don't want to force it on them. Yeah, I get that. 
So coming back to your pack, maybe you could pick a card mm. for us today. Yes. Yeah, so the one that is calling is the Spirit Animal Wisdom Guide, mm. um, which is by Katie Jane Wright and Nikki Strange. Um, who she's a she's the illustrator, and Katie Jane is a beautiful soul who um, uh, she works with crystals and light language and all sorts of magical things Mm -hmm. but yeah these cards are really beautiful and they're quite practical and intuitive as well so if you're not if you haven't used cards before they're a really lovely one to come to um let's see what what animal wisdom wants to come through today oh mm, i love it when this card arrives it's the honeybee card Oh, pretty. What a beautiful painting. It's so beautiful and it's divine feminine. And the message on it is you are being called on to rise. Yes. Perfect. So anyone that needs to hear that, that's for you. There you go. (laughs) So as um, we're kind of discussing on and on is that this path of learning and seeking never really ends. Do you? No. Do you think that it's inevitable that if you're a seeker, you eventually become like a teacher or a coach? Like the oh, desire to share what you learn? I think it really depends on, on you as a person. I, I find actually my, the, the most powerful way for me to integrate what I'm learning is to teach, to mm. teach it to actually embody it and share it with others like that seems to be my learning style Mm -hmm. which makes sense now that I didn't really connect with conventional school learnings I just find it so hard to just like be talked at Mm -hmm. um so for me it's I think it was it's always inevitable that anything that sparks my interest I'll probably want to integrate into what I share with others Mm -hmm. um but I'm not sure if that's everyone's path. I think it very much depends on you as a person. Some people, I love work. Like I am definitely, like my work is really important to me and I am not whole if I'm not sharing and connecting and making and creating. But not everyone is like that. So mm-hmm. for some people, you can, they can just have hobbies and interests and they're just hobbies and interests. Um, really? And I kind of, yeah, I know. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could have yeah, that. Yeah, I get that. And, but I just, it just doesn't, you know, I, I think because I just feel like I'm here to do this work, whatever this yeah. work is. Um, and so that's what makes me feel alive. I mean, mm. I do like, you know, there are things that I like doing just for fun, but there's always an edge of like, oh, this would be amazing to share or this would be mm. wonderful to connect with others over. I feel that. That's why I ask, because I do kind of not flitter from one thing to the next. There is kind of a definite clear path that I'm following. But as soon as I've learned something new or I've discovered something, it's like now I need to share it. And it's like, step back. You don't always have to share your, you know, what it is. Your, but there is something inside of me that keeps pulling me into that sort of yeah. teacher. Well, I, I am a teacher, called- but yeah. Yeah, if you're called to it, then there's a reason it's probably come onto your radar because maybe there is a part of it that you are meant to share and Mm. to spark something in others. Um, And I think that's okay. I think again, it's making peace with our natural, like who we are naturally. Mm. And I guess there's always an element of like, am I doing this because I feel like I should, or am I doing this because I'm really called to it? But 
for me, I, I'm learning to know when it's a should or when it's like a real yeah. true soul calling. And, and most of the time my soul's like, yep, you need to share this. <laughs> Others yeah. need to know this. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite books is the surrender experiment. Mm. Talk about surrendering and how that played out. Um, when you became a mother, could you elaborate a little bit more on that experience and what that means for you to surrender? <laughs> well, I mean, I read that book as well, actually. Um, I think it was just before I, again, before I became a mother. Um, I to surrender. It's one of those words, isn't it, that some people find really activating in mm. that. Like, it can feel like you're giving up, but I don't see it in that way. And I think for me, it's been around, like, it's my ultimate, la- like, lesson to to surrender and to, to not try and control outcomes too much and to let things unfold as they're meant to do. And I guess having Sophia, I mean, the way that she decided to join us Earthside was in itself was like out of, felt like it was almost out of my, like it was totally out of my hands almost. It was like, it was, I had to just surrender to the universe's plan. And it was, it was incredible. Um, but I think the whole act of being pregnant and letting, like letting this process happen and, and really not being in control mm. um, and the same with birth and, and everything, I think just that whole process of bringing her to life and then becoming a mother and having to, I guess, <sighs> surrender some of the expectations I had around what I was supposed to do or my productivity or how I was valued in society based on how much I could do in my work Mm. um, versus actually just being with her. Um, And it wasn't easy. Um, It was, I felt like I was being torn in Mm. two a lot of the time, to be honest. So, I mean, I don't know if I can really share that much wisdom on surrender. No, no, it's <laughs> basically it's that. It's being, you know, giving it a little bit more backbone to what that word means for you. Yeah. Um, so I always ask my guests, how do they practice self-care? But I would love to hear a little bit more about the idea of sacred self-care that you teach and share with your clients. Mm, I guess for me, the word itself sacred just sparks something in me because it feels it feels magical it feels special it feels like like another layer to self-care I guess so maybe it's just a language thing in some respects but to me sacred self-care is like can is is beyond the practical things you know the bubble baths and Mm. stuff which is nice it's weaving intention like a sacred magical I guess almost like a divine intention into the act of self-care. And I think when I did become a mother, I realized I didn't have the time necessarily to do all of the practices I might've done before. Mm. Um, and it, it, it made me really focus on how can I make every little tiny thing ritual and sacred and use it as a, even if I don't have, you know, even if I had just have, one minute to do something like how can I make it special and sacred how can I make it an honoring Mm. process so like you know drinking my hot water and lemon in the morning like can I do I just quickly like chuck it down (laughs) or can I just spend a moment just 
weaving that like magical magical essence into it and using it as an opportunity to to pause and listen Mm, becoming really present when you take on each of these Sort of yeah, making acts. it more sensationary. Mm. Sensational is even a word. Um, we'll, but yeah, yes. about sensation. So, yeah. you know, I can feel the temperature of the water and like notice the taste, like what sounds are around me. So, I guess, it, you know, it's a mindfulness mm. element, I suppose. But the sacred bit for me is it's reminding me that I can always be in touch with the divine. I can be always in touch with this whether you call it higher self, universe, God, whatever you connect to, but I can always be part of this magic yeah. somehow. And it doesn't require that you step out of your day-to-day to get there. No. You don't need you to go into a deep meditation for 40 minutes to discover it. It's just part of no. your small it's, acts. Every moment is sacred. Yeah. Every, everything we see is is sacred and when we start to see it in that way and I'm not saying I do all the time there are times where I'm like oh my this does not feel particularly special or pleasant right now but I think when we when we just weave that it's just I think it's just around intention to be Mm -hmm. honest weaving Mm -hmm. that in to as much as we can it does make a difference it certainly has made a difference to me when you're working or throughout the week do you set a daily intention is that part of a morning ritual that you would look to do or is it sometimes mm. and sometimes I'll just connect with a word so it's not really like a, a full-on intention but I'll just tune in with how I'm feeling mm. and more often than not the word is gentle mm. <laughs> that I need to embody um but sometimes you know more powerful insights do come up I one of my non-negotiables is to do three is to do morning pages mm-hmm. um and I do this before my daughter gets up before I get up actually um I literally it's the first thing I do before I switch on any devices anything I will write three word three three pages in my journal and um and often like an intention comes up from that is that from the artist's way Julia Cameron is, yeah yes. I've I've worked through that book <laughs> A, a while ago now another gift left to me by my mother mm. <laughs> beautiful wow, we'll add that to she was she really was the pause button an all walk is a stroll in which you intentionally shift your attention outward instead of inward So you're not thinking about the tight deadline, the unfinished project, the strain on your relationship, or concerns about life. The state of awe is paradox. Your feelings of being diminished connect you to something larger. There's a tremendous openness and freedom that comes when you consider yourself a speck of dust in the midst of the universe, or a grain of sand on an expansive beach. You don't stand in the way of anything and you don't overcrowd or obstruct anything. Instead of trying to be all that, you're humbled by the spaciousness and your smallness, yet at the same time you feel bigger than life. Studies show that in an awe state you feel the presence of something larger than you. You're engaged with the expansiveness of the external world, less focused on yourself and more on others, which takes your mind off your burdens, your worries, anxieties and frustrations. So I invite you today to practice an awe walk. You can do this as you're listening, if you're out and about, 
or you can try and remind yourself to do this the next time you go for a walk. As we begin an awe walk, like we do with all contemplative exercises, we begin with the breath. Taking a deep breath in, count to six as you inhale and six as you exhale. Feel the air move through your nasal passages and hear the sound of your breath. We'll come back to this breath throughout the walk. Feel your feet on the ground and listen to the surrounding sounds. Returning to your breath, count to six while you inhale and six as you exhale. Shift your awareness now so that you are open to what is around you. To things that are vast and expected. Things that surprise and delight. Take a deep breath in. Count to six as you inhale and six as you exhale. Let your attention be open in exploration for what inspires all. Your attention might appreciate vast spaces and the sounds and sights within them. You might shift to smaller patterns, for example of the sorrel of the ground or the veins on leaves or a cluster of tiny mushrooms. Bringing your attention back to the breath, count six as you inhale and six as you exhale. Coming out of these experiences of awe, we often feel a sense of wonder. And once you really start to think about awe and try to practice it in your life, you notice how omnipresent it is. As you move through your day, take note of the moments that bring you wonder, that give you goosebumps. These are your opportunities for awe. Go out and find your awe moments and listen to them carefully. This guided awe walk meditation is presented by Mindful in collaboration with the Greater Good Science Centre at the University of San Francisco. Let's get back to the show. I signed up to your workshop, the Sacred Business Seasonal Planning Workshop, which was absolutely beautiful because it really felt for the first time, because I've been trying to listen to some Instagram, build your business and I don't know, the general things that we should be doing out there that I just feel disconnected to. I I'm not interested in, I know it's part, like it feels I should be doing. And your approach, this heart work that you're creating at the moment felt so like it just resonated with me. 
And it made sense to me that you can be spiritually aligned to building a business. Well, really, you should be. It, it is the way forward. If you are um, focused on your heart and your feelings within your business, then hopefully your business will grow aligned with who you are. Could you share a bit more about that? <laughs> oh gosh, there's so many things I could share about that. Please do. Well, thank you for joining the um, the workshop. It was really, uh, I have to say, it's one of the things that's given me the most amount of energy in a long time. And and I know it's def, you know, that's how I can tell that it's part of something I need to keep doing. Um, but I guess it's I've had to unpick so many. Uh, conditions around business and we are inundated with rules and like tips and advice and processes that we're supposed to follow and I've just got to the point where I I'm just things they don't necessarily work they don't work if they're not aligned with who you are and the way you work and we all have our own like unique way of bringing our our work to life and for some people those processes will work but for the majority of people they they don't work or they don't necessarily they don't feel good so Mm. you can force yourself into Mm. doing something but most of the time you'll either end up burnt out and exhausted because there's a lot of work that you kind of need to do at a foundational level before Mm. you put out big offers or put your heart's work into the world like there's it's business is the ultimate mirror for your own healing journey. And if you are not aware of that, then you can, I find there's a lot of unethical business practices out there that are designed to make you feel bad about yourself. So you invest and I, Mm -hmm. it makes my blood boil and my skin crawl. And I've been on the receiving end of it so many times and it's, it's just not how I, I w- wish to do business. And I know there's a lot of people that also don't feel in alignment with it. But what I'm finding as I kind of begin, I mean, it's not really a beginning of this journey. I mean, I've been doing marketing and PR for mm. 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I start working more with heart workers, um, I'm seeing there's, there's also, there's so much, there's so much resistance to letting go of those old ways when we don't know what the new ways are yet, because we are actually being called to create the new ways. Now that is how I feel. Wow. And yeah. maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like it needs some people that are just open to trying different ways and finding different approaches. And we need to almost be the pioneers. And it's really vulnerable in that space because yeah. like, we don't really, know where we're going with this but we know that the old stuff isn't feeling good so yeah so that was a bit of a a bit of a ramble about it but I just feel very much drawn to holding space for that evolution I'm not saying I have all the answers at all I definitely don't and I want to create a space where we can come together and and hash it out and talk about it and share Mm -hmm. things and and explore this journey with like-minded souls. So that's why I've created the Heartwork community as a foundation for that. So, so yeah. is that, where is that available for us to go and find this community? That's on my website. Um, is a, Which is, is a beautiful, by the way. Thank Absolutely you. Well, that's another thing to do is like, 
design. So it's like another string that I love. So feels always like a tinkering with my website. <laughs> really Thank lovely. You so much. That's really kind. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's on there, and it's um, it's I've kept it at an affordable price. Well, I feel it's affordable because I want to make sure that we, you know, it's it's something a space where young businesses as well as existing businesses can come and and feel seen and heard and not feel intimidated Mm. um so it's things like co-working sessions masterminding sessions um and just space to like a community where you can show up and collaborate with someone and and open up this potential for working as a co-creative um experience in business rather than fearing someone else is going to take your clients for example yeah. I mean, yeah that's that's just what I feel like we are being called to unpick at the moment mm-hmm. beautiful and you also have a podcast I do which is called, called Unraveling, Unraveling. <laughs> beautiful I, le- I listened to the last um conversation you had with Harriet Holt the artist mm-hmm. really stunning stunning work as well I went on to dis- look and discover a bit more about her um where else can people find you what yeah, else do you website, offer yeah well oh worst well, there's there's quite a few <laughs> things I do I do oracle reading so I have um that's one of my favorite things to do is to share space on uh, that's really the only way to work one-to-one with me now is th- through oracle readings so I do like a p- more personal one or a business exploration one. So we get the cards out and we go through what's coming up and it, it really helps to bring what wisdom and focus, but also to activate that part of you that like knows all the answers already. Mm. Um, so I have that. And then I've got two membership platforms. One is a sacred self care membership, which is all around, you know, nourishing yourself. And the other is this new heartwork community, which is for sacred business creators um and I have yeah meditations on insight timer my podcast is really an ex like a place where I just get to talk about anything that's coming up it's almost Mm. like a my space where I can be multi-passionate and I can talk to whoever I fancy about whatever we want (laughs) love that Um, and then I have a blog as well but in from a day-to-day basis um either through connecting through my newsletter um, or Instagram is my platform of choice. Hmm. And just before we close, um, what would be the one piece of advice that you hope that Sophia carries in her heart forever? Oh my God, that makes me <laughs> emotional. Oh, one piece of advice. What comes up for me is a question um, that I come back to when I am perhaps out of alignment with myself um, or maybe being a bit reactive or perhaps not being as kind as I would like to, um, particularly if I'm finding things frustrating in any way. Um, And that question is, what would love do? So asking that question in pretty much any situation always brings me back to like, coming back to the heart and I hope that she will be able to to use that I guess there's so many things I I really hope that she will hold but but if she could live her life asking that question then I think that would take her to some 
pretty amazing places. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you chatting with me today. Thank you so much for inviting you into your space. It's been, oh, I've loved this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I hope you found comfort in Lauren's honesty and openness as we explored the variety this world has to offer. We do not have to live with the labels we've been given or the ones we've given ourselves. And we don't have to carry shame around the ever-evolving journey that we're on. The trial and error approach is my strategy for life. I find it difficult to make choices based on pros and cons. I need to experiment and try things out before committing to things. I respond to the situation as I'm living it. Good and not so good. But we're living in 2021. This is thankfully a new time. There are new ways of living. We are living a bountiful experience as acceptance unfolds and love of all kinds is embraced and celebrated. The work we may need to spend time doing is on ourselves. Self-acceptance, embracing our strengths and accepting our weaknesses. Embracing the truth of who we are in all its colours. This will bring us closer to the harmony and peace we so often crave. My view is if it means something to you then it's worth doing. If people don't get you, then that's okay. If your message isn't clear to others, that's okay too. We're here to get clarity on our own messages, our stories and understanding of our own personal journeys. Maybe even reframing the previous stories we've been telling ourselves. I mean, it's hard enough to understand ourselves, never mind trying to explain ourselves to others. Spending time with Lauren made me really appreciate the importance of good energy, high vibration. So I'm going to spend a while focusing on my own energy sources and see if I can generate the type of energy that I want to be around and surround myself in. I also have come to the conclusion, as I myself, similarly to Lauren, are multifaceted. Hence the desire to talk to each and every one of my specifically picked guests. My best friend Becky laughed the other day after listening to last week's episode, as she has done with each and every episode. She's a true fan, let's say. Anyway, she shared how she'd laughed as I connected to Iona with the love of graphic design. She found it humorous how I connect and have commonalities with all of my guests. It might sound unreasonable, but believe me, it's genuine. I really do have a love of design. It's where my journey started, after school. You don't really see it now in my Insta feeds because I suppose I'm trying to fit into other niches. Too many interests lead to not a clear message. But if you scroll way back when, at the very beginning, you'll find it there. So perhaps I have deleted sides of myself or hidden them. As being multifaceted has too many sides, some of them just have to hide. Maybe you can help me with this. Do I delete the sides of myself for the views? Is it confusing for the listeners, the followers, the people that drop by and announce to work me out? Maybe so. But I genuinely love the fact that I love the vibrancy of life. All the colours. Don't ask me my favourite colour. I'll ask what it's for. I love all the things that light me up. The list is endless. Currently, what's lighting me up is finding the people that they themselves are lit up and building connections with them, hearing their stories and how they take leaps and give themselves the permission to do what feels good in all its glory. 
How's his life? Glorious. Thanks for listening to me pondering question. This ever-evolving journey of deep work and understanding of ourselves requires asking the questions. If anything from today's show has resonated with you, I'd love you to drop a comment in the Instagram of Mindfully Thrive or rate and review it if you follow us on Apple iTunes, on Apple Podcast, or share with your friends through Spotify. Whatever is your way, please know that I really appreciate your listening and taking the time to join me here. I'll be doing it anyway. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you.